0: And running at Chiefs Camp. Quarterbacks and first year players recorded Saturday. Veterans get there today and fans begin to show up on Wednesday. It all looked familiar at Missouri Western St. Joseph, where the Chiefs opened their 11th camp there. Remember, because of the pandemic, Chiefs camped at Arrowhead Stadium last year. It's Monday, July 26th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and on today's Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast you'll hear camp opening comments from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But before then, we'll hear from Chiefs beat writer Herbie Teope on his impressions of the first couple of days at camp. So let's get started. Two days down, about 100 left to go or so it seems, a training (laughs) camp. (laughs) It always seemed that way to me anyway. But, you know, to be honest with you, Herbie, I kind of liked the first couple of days when there was just, you know, just, you know, twenty-five or thirty people there, and the fans weren't there yet. You, you kind of felt like you had your run of the place. Is that how it felt to you this weekend? It, it does, in a way. You're right. You know, it, it has that
1: nice, comfortable feel to it. You know, it, it's kind of relaxed for now. It's the as you know, it is the calm before the storm. Because, so as you mentioned, there was only thirty players actually here in St. Joe, uh, but two of them were hurt: Malik Herring, as well as Armani Watts. Uh, Watts placed on the pup list. Uh, Herring placed on the NFI list with the, with the torn ACL, so the, the Chiefs only had 28 players on the field. Uh, of course, you're kind of limited what you can do for offensive linemen. For example, of okay. uh, they have one running back in camp, so that meant that someone had to take some reps to give him a give him a breather, and that was quarterback Shane Bruzzell, who actually had nice hands out there. He was catching balls out of the backfield. But yeah, you're right; it's you get a chance to be, get comfortable before the storm hits.
0: So it all started really on Friday. There was some media availability with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, um, among others. Uh, And Andy Reid, I think the most interesting uh, story that came out of the opening day with questions that you asked, because there had not been an opportunity to talk to Andy Reid since the Frank Clark stories broke. And with just kind of one 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 sentence, Andy Reid uh, you know, drew the curtain back a little bit and said Frank Clark is going to be here. So w- when Veterans Report on Monday today, um, we were expecting Frank Clark to be there. Yeah, absolutely. But what will
1: he talk? That remains to be seen. I, you know, it, if the Chiefs would should want to get out, get ahead of this. You know, the sooner the later, uh, excuse me, the sooner the better. He's made available, then he can address the situation. But you're right. Any read that say, hey. You know, he did talk to Frank Clark. He wanted to keep that internal, uh, but he also pointed out nothing has been done yet. Uh, So they expect him to camp, but, you know, Prudence demands that you prepare uh, for the regular season that you might not have Frank Clark. You know, I followed up with that question with him as well. How comfortable are you with the depth there? And he pointed out, hey, we we bring him back. Alex Okafor, He he mentioned they got some young guys there. that They can rotate in specifically, you know, he didn't name them, but we know who they are. Mike Dana, Joshua Doe, their their fifth round draft pick, as well as Taco Charlton, who's now healthy. So they do have some depth there in the event Clark is suspended.
0: Right. And, and of course, every time you talk to Andy Reid, um, he, he does mention, you know, Chris Jones moving to the to the to the outside as well. So that, that came up again. Um, obviously, no contact early on, but Patrick Mahomes toe was still I know he he cleared it up when it, uh, you know, during uh, minicamp and everything. But but uh, how, how did he look? I mean, it's the first time we've really gotten a chance to see him for, for you know, extended period of time.
1: He looks just fine to me. You know, granted, you know, I mentioned the, the, the limited personnel that are on the field, but they were running passing and drills. He's scrambling. There was one play I remember. He scrambled to his right and, and threw the ball on the run, and it was a rope. And uh, my guy last year, Jody, uh, Jody Forston, <laughs> right, reached out there and snagged the pass. It was a great play. But, you know, in plays like that, you can't help but feel comfortable that he's going to be fine. You know, he, he was out there moving around just fine.
0: The other uh, thing that I thought was interesting here, just for the first couple of days, was the, the rookie offensive lineman who I think everybody's pretty high on, right? Especially Creed Humphrey and, and Trey Smith. Talking about uh, spending the last part of the the, the time between the end of minicamp and training camp at this uh, another camp. What do they call it? Mastermind offensive line mastermind camp.
1: Yeah, um, it's, it's a summit. It's the brainchild of renowned offensive line coach Duke Manny Weather. And a couple of years ago, he got together with uh, one of the elite right tackles, or excuse me, offensive tackles in the NFL, Lane Johnson in Philadelphia. And they put together an offensive line camp. And, and what makes this camp unique is it's invitation only. So if you're getting invited to this thing, you're going to learn from those two, in addition to so many other professionals around the league, all pro, pro Bowl caliber type offensive linemen, Teron Armstead. Uh, and, and of course, Mitchell Schwartz was there. But so they spend these three days there picking their, each other's brains on how to, you know, best techniques on, on – and they share trade secrets. That's, that's to me what's so fascinating about, like, Aaron Donald. How do you deal with Aaron Donald? And whoever has success blocking him shares, this is what I do. And, and so it, it's a great opportunity, especially for young players, to pick brains of established veterans on how to approach the game, how to, how to approach their bodies, and how
0: to mentally prepare for the season. Interesting stuff. Um, Okay, we're recording this on Sunday. And earlier today, DeAndre uh, Baker had came to the uh, came to the podium and um, he's an interesting story as well. And he talked about his past a little bit and really appreciative of the Chiefs giving him the opportunity that that he's got. I I, I did not. I saw the headline, but I haven't read the story. Did did you end up writing that? You ended up writing it for today, didn't you?
1: Yes, yes, yes. You know, this is his first time, his first public comments since his legal fiasco uh, of May and of, excuse me, the twenty twenty off that led to his release by the New York Giants. Talking about a former first round draft pick, and once the charges were dropped, the Chiefs snatched him up, signed him to the practice squad. So yes, they did give him a second chance. He's, he's extremely appreciative of that fact. Um, he, he mentions, you know, his biggest lesson learned from what occurred last off season. Uh, was just to be aware of his surroundings. You know, you don't put your stuff in the position where something like that can happen. And we're talking about an attorney who tried to extort darn near a million dollars from him, or allegedly, let me go ahead and say it allegedly right. tried to extort uh, almost a million bucks from him. But he's like, essentially, it's in the past. He's moving forward. Uh, and, you know, if he's healthy, I, I mean, I, I will always go back to that regular season finale. He had the opportunity to start. He, turned, he showed out. You know, he had five tackles, a quarterback hit, and a couple of passes defense. Now I was like, man, this guy can get, stay healthy and get on the field. And then third quarter, that gruesome leg injury. But, you know, he had surgery. He's healthy now or on the road to being healthy. He says he's close to 100%. But, yeah, he's a guy who's going to be in the mix of the cornerback position.
0: OK, so what are the storylines we're looking at this week with with the veterans reporting on Monday? Fans start coming in Wednesday, I guess, season ticket holders on Wednesday. And then fans can flock to St. Joe on on Thursday. I, I, I guess we're always going to have to keep in the back of our minds the Tyron Matthew contract situation. But uh, what else? What, what else are we looking at this week? Yeah,
1: Tyron Matthews got to be the top one because if, if he doesn't have a contract extension by the time he addresses the media that's going to be one of the first questions you would think it's going to be like you know how disappointed are you that you don't have a contract yet right uh other things you know you mentioned the pads coming on. I want to see Creed Humphrey and I want to see Trey Smith with the pads on against defensive lineman with pads on one of the greatest delights of training camp are the one-on-ones between the offensive lineman and defensive lineman that's one of our former colleagues, Therese Pale, rest in peace. He lived for those, those matchups, and they're so fun to watch. But There's a reason why, because now you get an idea of how they will you know, handle themselves against a guy you know, who's also in past. It was Trey Smith and, and Creed Humphrey who attended that Offensive Line Mastermind Summit. So we'll see what they picked up, and we'll see
0: how they apply it. And all of that will be chronicled and written about in the Kansas City Star and on KansasCity.com. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, you'll hear Andy Reid's opening comments from last Friday, also what Patrick Mahomes had to say, and you will hear a lot from Herbie Teopi and Sam McDowell throughout training camp. Look forward to it, Herbie. Thanks a lot. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCoffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.
2: All right. Great to be back. Good to see you guys. Um, uh, Just on the injury front, uh, we've got some guys that are up here. Um, and it will work. Uh, DeAndre Baker, Taco Charlton, um, Juan Thornhill—they'll uh, be doing some activities up here in the in the next couple of days. So, um, Malik Herring—he'll be up here. He had the knee ACL. He's just rehabbing that. And Armani Watts uh, will also be up here um, with it. He had a foot fracture and is doing well. Just uh, Kyle Long is. Is also improving. Excuse me, he's improving and and doing really a great job with his rehab. Likewise, um, he will not be up here for uh, for this uh, go round for the next couple days. But he has been he has been uh, rehabbing with us. Um, We've got thirty players that will be here, and we're excited about that. We're we're excited to give them some work. It you're not going to see a lot of team. Necessarily, teamwork as much as you will seven on sevens uh, as we go go through this. Um, uh, we're glad to be back up here um, in St. Joe. We we love the hospitality that they give us here at Missouri Western State University, um, from their president on down. Um, it's just all class, and uh, that's why we've we've obviously returned um, uh, back here. So. Um, and it's a great setup. It's a listen, they've got tremendous facilities, which give us an opportunity to get our work done. We're out of the city and, and secluded here a bit where we can really focus on, on football and the challenge that we have ahead. We've got tremendous schedule that's set before us, and we understand that. Some heck of a football team's on there, and, and we've got to make sure that we're um, we're ready to go. And there's no better place to do it than here. Um, just touching a little bit on the COVID. Uh, situation we've got um, about 90% of our players are uh, ha- have been, have taken the shot. And so, um, and, and are in the, in that uh, protocol there, as far as uh, what the league's put forward for us. So a hundred percent of the the uh, staff, they've all been vaccinated. So that's a positive, um, you know, there, there's some stats that you, I know you guys know, but 79 or you could say 80% NFL players have at least one of the shots so uh, that's within the National Football League and there's six teams that are over 90% so we're we're glad to be in that uh their 90% are over and we're glad to be in that in that area there so we're one of the one of the teams that where the players have really um, uh, have made you know they've challenged themselves to get things to get things done and and take care of business so there are different protocols that take place uh, for vaccinated players and unvaccinated players but again um uh that that's that's all for safety purposes which i you know it's an important part of it as as you go forward and um the league's trying to do the best they they possibly can uh to make that as simple a process as possible there'll be some changes so there'll be we're, we're glad the fans are going to be allowed out there'll be a couple of things that we have to do because of uh, the pandemic and the way it sits, but um, uh, we're we're glad to have our fans back out. And as you guys know, you did a great job with this last year with us and throughout the off season of of their little things that are set up for for the media also that they've they've got to do. So um, with that, again, we're we're excited we're excited to be here and and uh, and ready to go. And with that, I'ma just let you guys take it from there.
0: We'll go first to Sam McDowell.
2: Good, Sam.
3: Andy, how's it going?
2: Good, Sam. Thank you.
3: I think I asked you some version of this the day after the Super Bowl, but I wanted to ask you in reflection now that the offseason is nearly complete, which is, you know, you won 16 games last year. You made it to the Super Bowl. So do do you really harp on that during the offseason as you're going through schematic changes, roster changes, or do you harp on the way it ended and say, we need to make maybe more changes than I thought because of those things?
2: Yeah, well, we thought, listen, you evaluate all of that, probably all the above. <clears throat> and you want to be a better football team is what you want to do. You want to come out of it uh, that way. And, you want, and in our case, you want us to be able to stay on top the best way you possibly can. And, and so we made changes where needed. Obviously, there, there are people that leave every team and there are people that come on board with every team. And that's how it goes. And we think we made, made some changes where we've got uh, great competition and, and uh, which should help elevate us. Um, as a team, as an overall team. Let's
1: go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie.
2: Hey,
1: Coach, looking good as always. Hope you're well.
2: Oh, thanks, Herbie. I wore this shirt for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach, Um, we obviously need a chance to talk to you between the break between mini camp and now, but Frank Clark's situation, two part question here for you. Uh, the first one is what was your reaction to the news on his two arrests? And I'll, I'll follow up with the other question afterwards.
2: Yeah. So, listen. I uh, obviously stay in communication with all our players during the break, the best way I possibly can. So, um, I have had a chance to talk with Frank. I'm not going to get into that. There's nothing that has taken place up to this point. Frank will be here, and we'll we'll go forward um, with, with that. And obviously, we we keep tabs on it, and he'll, his people will keep tabs on their side um, of it, and we, we move forward. So that that's where we're at now. But he will be here. Uh, not not now but in a couple of days here when the veterans come in.
1: And coach, as a follow-up with the uncertainty of his situation, if the league does take action, what is is your comfort level right now at the defensive end position uh, that you'll be able to fill it if he misses time for the season?
2: Yeah. So listen, we brought old 97 back and put him back in the mix here last week. So I I think that's a good addition and um, I think we're going to be okay there. And we've got a couple of young guys that we, we think are good football players too. So. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Let me add this to you too, and just a reminder that Chris was working both spots, so he has. We have the flexibility to move Chris out there, and that's where the Jaron Reed part of this, I think, was a was a big addition that, that Veach added to us. Let's
3: go next to Pete
2: Sweeney, good Pete.
3: Coach, we had an opportunity to speak with Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey earlier today, and considering that and going into a rookie camp, top two second-rounders there, what are your expectations for each specifically, uh, and what have you seen out of them so far this offseason?
2: Yeah, listen, I, I think they're good. Um, these are both good football players. I think the experience that they got um, in the OTA period uh, was good for them. Um uh, but now, listen. Now we put the pads on, and we'll, and we'll see. I, I really think that uh, that'll determine how how things go here uh, down the road. Uh, but both of them, both of them got enough reps to where they get familiar with the defense and the offense, and and um, in both cases there. So, I, I think I think they're going to be fine. They sh- they showed signs of that, but let's see how they do. It's not just the one day in pads. You know, it's easy to say, okay, pads. Well, it's pad after pad after pad after pad and that mental and physical fatigue that you that you get uh, through training camp. And so um, how are you going to handle that and and still be able to go out and and play well? Go Next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam.
4: Hey, Andy, look forward to seeing you in person finally uh, starting
2: tomorrow, right? Yes, that's right.
4: Go um, I got a couple of things for you. First of all, you mentioned, uh, Deandre Baker, Juan Thornhill and taco earlier. Can you share with us how much they're going to be doing, not just the next few days, but maybe when, when camp starts, are they going to be full go and, and Brad, I'll have one more question as well.
2: Yeah, we'll see. We'll just see how they do here. Um, uh, as we move forward, We're, we've got a close eye on them. Um, they've, they have been working out and doing a good job with it, but let's just see how they do here, Adam. And we'll, and we'll take it day by day and, I'll kind of determine how we go with them uh, once once the veterans get in.
4: Okay. And also you said that um, about 90% of the players have been vaccinated. That's, uh, you know, some teams I think are there around the league, but that's a pretty high number. What what do you attribute that to? Is there something you can yeah, put There's there six
2: teams. There's six teams sitting here right now, Adam, uh, as I walked in here. Um, I, we try to stay up on that. Um, and, and so, listen, I think it's guys just talking to each other. I think it's, trusting your medical staff um, uh, which ends up being important in this not everybody uh, understands and is is uh, been educated on this um, or or listen I guess maybe they have been educated they're not listening as close but um, and then you've got to make a decision we all have had to do this so you've got to make a decision on how you want to go forward and the Lee's got their policy if you don't have it and they've got policy if you have had it and uh, obviously, if you've had it it's a it's a little bit easier road i mean the the other one's very similar to last year if you haven't had it and and uh and that wasn't the uh, the easiest thing to get through i think uh for for everybody
1: next to Aaron Ladd Good Aaron Andy, hope you're well. y'all were gone for a long time, so we had to find yeah. something to talk about it, and Travis Kelsey's last name seemed to come up. Did you know that it was pronounced Kels or had you been calling him kelsey and and the reaction to that?
2: Well, I, I, you know, there's not. A, I don't know how many Kelsies there are in the Irish, uh, you know, race there. But it's a uh, um, it, it Kels seems more Irish to me than Kelsey. But that, you know, could be either one. I'm not sure. I haven't done the, the whole heritage of it, but it sounded it sounded okay. I've had a chance to coach two Kelses, though. I guess, huh? Right?
1: Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Good Matt.
2: Hey, coach. Good to see you and always appreciate your
0: time. Yeah, you bet um the, Clev- the cleveland Indians have announced that they're going to be changing their name to the guardians for next season and obviously washington has dropped their nickname when when the chiefs dropped some of the native american imagery you know you talked about how that the team has listened to the native american community but you know with these clubs changing their name what are your thoughts about the the chief's nickname and if that's something that you think will stay for, for forever or is that something that needs to be thought about
2: I think Clark and Mark have done a tremendous job with that. So they're on top of that and um uh our our brothers here from the Indian community, they've been tremendous um and um in voicing their their opinions on it and have worked with us and um you know I know we've celebrated that. So it's a uh, um so I I don't know uh, other than that. I mean that's a good question maybe to ask uh, them, but I know it's been a very positive relationship there um, with the community, so.
0: Let's go next to Brandon Zenner. Good, Brandon.
2: Hey, Coach, you mentioned
5: the seclusion that comes with getting away to missouri the facilities. I'm just wondering what you guys take
0: away from camp up here in St. Joe, getting away as a team that helps you guys going into a new season.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, listen, we, we come up, it's a time for camaraderie and bringing things together as a team. It's, um, it, it's hard work uh, there's no shortcuts obviously we're going to try to make sure we cover everything we possibly can um, but it's there's this concentration of football that you take take in here it's you're sleeping in a dorm you're eating over you know in the dorm and you, you're doing all of that I mean you're you're here and it's football kind of 24/7 right now that's how that's how it works and uh, um, so you know, We'll, uh, we'll keep – we're going to keep it and take it day by day like we've always done and, and make sure we try to do the best we can each day to get ourselves, uh, you know, becoming a better football team. Let's
0: go next to Matt McMullen. good Matt.
4: Hey, Coach. So you've spoken before about how uh, OTAs, minicamp, that's all for laying a foundation for particularly these rookie players that you have coming in. What do you expect from them coming in this week in terms
5: of their preparation from what they learned during that time?
2: Yeah. So listen, I mean, the, the nice thing about this is that um, everybody can kind of get in a flow before the veterans come in. So whether it's the coaches doing the install, whether it's the it's the players uh, taking the first three days of practice that they're going to repeat here in a couple of days uh, to do, whether it's your veteran quarterbacks getting into the flow. Before the other guys come in, I mean, these are all positive things that take place in rookie many camp. Or excuse me, the the rookie training camp. Um, it, it's it is condensed, though, because we're not doing team activities. We're not we're, we're doing seven on sevens as opposed to team. But we'll work through all of the other things versus air uh, with the run game and so on. There, yeah.
0: We've got four more.
1: We'll go right down the line, starting with Harold. Go ahead, Harold.
4: Andy, good to see you. Um, when it comes to when it, yeah, when it comes to you know having that rookie mini camp and having those OTAs, can you quantify how much more advanced you are? Even when it comes to little things like Chris Jones switching to DN that you can do in training camp, where you kind of just they kind of just snap into things and just go with the rhythm now, as opposed to especially last season where you had a very condensed training camp. How much more times, if you will, than is are you more advanced, and ready to go this time around?
2: Yeah, I think it, you know it has a chance now. How we handle this here, Harold, is the important part, right? But uh, it has a chance to have given us a little runway there to lead into training camp, especially with all the the new people that have come on board here. And and so to me, this was a great time to be able to have uh, the OTAs. I, mean, I, I mentioned it last year. I felt sorry for the teams that had an influx of new players and or new staffs come in and um and then had to play catch up so this uh this at least gave us an opportunity with all the new fellows that are on the team to get ingrained a little bit in their minds the offense defensive special teams and and then be able to hit training camp where they they're not as worried about knowing all of that stuff as they are getting themselves through where they can actually play and not do quite as much thinking
0: go next to darren smith go ahead, darren
2: uh, good afternoon, coach. A quick two-part right, question. Right. This is your 29th year coaching in the NFL. What message do you give to the rookies who are trying to make the team and those that you expect to make the team, um, you know, for them to get their career off on a, on a good path and then have a follow-up? Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me. It's 29 years. So again, You know, it, it is a while. Uh, it's been a while. Um and I love every minute of it. I think you guys know that. So it's uh, it's an honor to coach in the national football league and especially to be here in Kansas city with these, these folks here are tremendous and we've got a good football team, but um, uh, every year is different as we know going into this. And so it's so important that you go through the whole process of getting yourself ready uh, for the training don't take anything for granted. Take every play that you get, every install, it's given to you, study it, analyze it, get better at it. It's, um, you can always improve your game. It doesn't matter what position you are, how many, how long you've been in the league, doesn't matter. So, you know, really focus in on that and then let's come out as a better football team than we came in as. And, uh, that ends up being, uh,
3: important likewise.
0: Next is Sarin Petro. Good Sarin. Uh,
3: coach, uh, I'm just curious, just kind of like housekeeping. I know you said, uh, you know, the Frank Clark thing will come forward, but here for us, we have no information about what kind of timeline uh, there is that how ha- how this goes through. Uh, it, it, are you aware of what the timeline is? Is there a date that you're thinking, hey, we should hear something about this date? Is it different? Than- yeah, I, we've, the- we've got to just mean, play you know? it out
2: here. I think we'll just play it out here, Saran, and just see how that, how that works. I really don't have uh, specifics for you. Nothing's really taken place there yet. And so... Uh, we'll just see how things go
3: down the road with that. Okay, and then uh, I asked this of Patrick. You know, not not I don't not, not asking you to comment anything on what's going on with the sure. Packers, but you you guys uh, seem to have such a great relationship, Patrick and the city, Patrick and the Chiefs, you and Patrick, and you know that that looked like it was that way in Green Bay, but obviously it, it it's not that way anymore. When you look at that, do you have a reaction? Say, okay, hey, does that help solidify the organization? And say, we got to make sure that this relationship is strong with our quarterback and, and how do you go about keeping that relationship strong?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, that's what everybody does it different. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not involved with that. I mean, that's like talking about somebody else's marriage. I mean, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. So I, I, I don't know what took place there. Um, I, but I do, I do know the things that we can control are things here. And we try to keep the communication as open as we possibly can. Uh, we've done that in the past, whether it started with Donovan or uh, Michael Vick, or you know the guys that we we had there, Garcia, all those guys. We, we've tried to keep everything open um, with communication. So if you do leave, you, you know you understand kind of where we lie and and, and uh, but we also want you to be able to come back and feel comfortable with all the things that you've accomplished. So um, it, it's uh, but communication, I think, is probably the key to what we try to do. I mean, and right or wrong. So it's hard to argue with the Packers because they've done a heck of a job,
1: man. Last we'll to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate.
6: Hey, Andy, great shirt. Great to see you. All right, uh, Thank you. Just want to ask you two quick questions here. Um, if 90% of the guys are vaccinated, what is your message to the 10%? You know, obviously, if, if they are with you as the season goes on, just the, the, what is your message to them? And then secondly, um now that this is Pat's fifth uh, training camp, what are you most eager, interested, anxious to see from him uh, as he progresses further in his career?
2: Yeah, listen, I don't have anything to to say one way or the other with the with the ten percent. Um, you know, they know the guys that have been vaccinated and haven't been vaccinated. They know all the coaches have been. So um, it's not it's not anything that I'm uh, I, I'm hoping that they all stay safe. That's what I hope. And, and that they don't get the virus. And uh, that's most important uh, in my eyes. Uh, however it's done, um, let's keep keep people safe. I and mean, that's that's where I'm at. But tell me the second part just again, Nate. What was the second part to that? Did you have a second question?
6: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just Thanks, Brad. Um, just the idea of you, you've seen Pat at the beginning. You've seen Pat, yeah. obviously, when he became the starter. Just what's it like for you? And what are you most eager, interested to see from him in year five of camp?
2: Yeah. So he's been focused all off season. Um, he, he's always trying to better his game. Um, and so he'll, he'll work on that. He has specific things that we've talked about um, and he'll dig in on that and, and work on it. He started it in the off season program and he'll continue to do it. He's always looking for that next thing that makes him even better than what he is now. And that's the part you love about him. He, he's a, uh, he has that type of personality. He wants to be the best. And, and he, he, it's not just talk. It's uh, uh, he, he wants you to be honest with him, direct, coach him, right? Coach him up as, as you go forward with it.
0: Coach, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us.
2: All right, take care now. Thanks, guys. Hey, Patrick, uh, I know you
4: were optimistic about this um, at the end of OTAs, but just checking whether there'll be any restrictions on you physically going into camp. And also, can you share what you've been up to the last uh, month or so since the end of OTAs to prepare in a football sense?
5: Yeah, um, I think there will be no restrictions. Uh, I've been training, uh, running, throwing, uh, doing everything that I I usually do. And uh, I think that was what was so good about going to OTAs and doing those things is I I tested it there. I realized I was good. And then then when I got back with Bobby and started training in the offseason with him, um, I was able to do what I normally would
1: do. Next to Herbie T.O.P. Go, Herbie. Hey, Patrick. How are you? Doing good. How are you? Hey, I'm well, thanks. In light of the NFL's memo yesterday to teams uh, about the potential for canceled games and even potential forfeitures because of a COVID outbreak, I have a two-part question here for you. What was your reaction to that memo when it, when it was made known? And then two, understanding it is a personal choice, but as a team leader, what is your message to the teammates?
5: Um, as far as to the teammates, uh, like I got, like I kind of said earlier in the all season, it's, it's your choice to do whatever you think's best for you and your family. Um, I don't, you l- let it become a distraction. We kind of go about business as we're trying to do whatever we can to win. And if, if you're, if you're not vaccinated, um, just try to just be smart, wear your mask, uh, try to limit your interactions with other people that aren't vaccinated, um, and try to make sure that you're ready to go whenever it's game time. And so, uh, Definitely. was a, a big, it's definitely a big deal with that, that coming out uh, forfeiting games. You never want to do that. But I think we have the guys in the locker room uh, that are either vaccinated or are going to be smart if they're not vaccinated and not try to hurt the team in any way.
0: Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Good, Sam.
3: Hey, Patrick. Um, the last time, uh, I'll reflect on, on the end of last year, but I am wondering how much did that game stick with you throughout this entire off season? Just kind of what were your objectives to accomplish during the off season?
5: Yeah. I mean, I think it stuck with me for a couple of weeks. Um, but other than that, I mean, I just kind of started back rolling, trying to get myself back to be in this position now where I can go into training camp, fully healthy, um, and having the, the, the mindset of we're going to have to push to, to be even better this year. And, uh, um you see it every once in a while the people still talk about it i mean they you see the parade when you're in the off season you see the ring ceremonies and all that different type of stuff um but i think the best thing about getting to training camp is it all starts over no matter what how you ended the year the year before uh you have to go in with the mindset of starting from scratch and so uh we're excited to do that and try to make another run at it
1: let's go next to aaron Ladd. go ahead aaron Hey, appreciate the time here. You're a guy that does a lot of media, right? You're always on when you're tweeting, when you're not, when you're not on. And I saw your online reaction to Naomi Osaka's decision, kind of to step back from Wimbledon. Wondering how you deal with just being under a spotlight all the time and the media pressure that comes along with that.
5: Um, I think I had a, uh, a really an advantage of seeing it when I was young. So I understood that it came with being a part of uh, playing professional sports um, But it is different for everybody. Uh, I actually got to watch watch her documentary. And, I mean, she blew up extremely fast at a young age. And uh, I think she did what she did because it helped her mental health and it will help her in the future of um, uh, how she plays the, uh, the game of tennis. Um, and so, for me, I just try to keep things in perspective as best as I can. Understand that um, media is part of playing a professional sport. Uh, y'all are doing y'all's job like I'm doing my job. Um, and, and that at the end of the day, uh, I'm trying to go out there and play the best football and be the best role model and representative representative of the chiefs that I possibly can be.
3: Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Good Pete. Hey Patrick, crazy that, uh, we're entering what is going to be your fifth training camp and you seem to always be able to maintain this competitiveness and this fire. What about, uh, this time of year, uh, get you going and ready to turn it on for what is going to be the long haul?
5: I think it it comes with the culture that we have in this locker room. Uh, when you're going up against guys like Tyron Matthew and and Chris Jones every single day, and they're talking trash, you kind of have to have that competitive spirit, or you're going to get dominated on the practice field. So, uh, I think it just comes with the the guys that you have around you. Uh, don't take a day for granted. And I think we've we've learned that if we put in the work now, um, that that's it will be at the end of the season where we want to be at. So uh, it's about uh. Uh, putting in the work right now, day by day, getting better and better so that at the end of the year, you have no regrets about uh, what you did in the season.
0: Next is Sarin Petro. Good ahead,
3: Sarin. Uh, and, and I'll have a quick follow-up, uh, Brad. Uh, first of all, just your reaction to Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, you being a big 12 guy and everything and, and seeing that move. What's what's your reaction as, as a uh, Texas Tech alum?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be different. Um, uh, I mean, at the same time, uh, we weren't, we haven't been winning Big Twelve championships here of recent, so uh, we got to find a way to, to to win games at Texas uh, at Texas Tech and put ourselves in position to be in the, those big big time bowl games or, or conference uh, college football playoffs. Um, but as far as Texas and Oklahoma leaving, I mean, I, they're doing whatever's best they think is best for them, and I'm hoping that Texas Tech either finds a way to to do something similar, or find a way to build the conference back up, so that when we compete and when when we're winning games, uh, we can have a chance to be in those playoff games.
3: And then uh, I'm not I'm not asking any conversations you might have had with Aaron Rodgers because I know you wouldn't say right, even if you had. But here in Kansas City, people look at that, and you know, there's such a love affair this town with you, and and the organization seemingly with you, and it, it seemed like that existed with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and somehow it's it's gotten off track. Fans look at it and say, well, we don't want that ever to be the case with our guy Patrick Mahomes. Uh, how do you look at it, being a guy who's at the you know beginning of his career or beginning to middle of his career, and, and seemingly it, it's all clicking, it's all working together. Is there any cautionary tale for you, for, for the organization, uh, and the staff there to, to make sure that that relationship is always strong?
5: I think the biggest thing, and I, I can't speak for Aaron and, and the Packers, but I think the biggest thing when you look as an outsider, it's all about communication. It's all about respecting each other uh, as a human being. Um, and communicating with each other. I thought uh, Aaron uh, has played a long time for that organization, and at some point they lost that communication factor. And I think that's where the disconnect has kind of happened. And so for me and the Chiefs, I feel like if we just keep this open line of communication like we have, Uh, From top down, um, and and the team, the to the coaches, to the the Brett Veach, the Clark Hunt, I think they'll they'll never be a problem. Uh, So I think it just comes to the culture that we build here of communicating with each other and respecting each other as as people.
6: Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick, I have two questions for you to start. There are a nice mix of new guys and some of the core guys that obviously you want a championship with. Just what excites you most about your leadership role and trying to get these two groups to sort of meld together uh, during training camp, and then Brad will have a follow-up.
5: Yeah, I think it started in OTAs and minicamp, um, bringing those new guys in. I th- honestly, I, it, it's really cool because you get that energy boost. I think it is of those guys are ready to go. They 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 hadn't played in that, or some of the old Tooney has, but a lot of those guys hadn't played in the Super Bowl or anything like that. So they want to make it there. Um, And then having the culture that you've built with the guys and the the core guys around us, uh, you get to go in there and they see how we work every single day and they have the energy that they're going to come do it as well. And I think things like this training camp at St. Joe's and all being together uh, pretty much every single day, you keep building those relationships that have already been built a little bit. And uh, I think it'll bring us together throughout this month of going out, out there and practicing every single day, but also eating every single meal uh, together and, and building those relationships.
6: Yeah. And then secondly, I know Adam uh, mentioned before about the foot and you saying that there should be no restrictions. I'm just wondering from a training aspect, was there anything that you did differently based on just how you played last year? Or was the training with Bobby more about just building a top of what you guys had done in previous years?
5: Um, we definitely did a little bit more as far as mobility uh, with the foot. Um, we always do stuff with foot and ankle and uh, knees and all that different type of stuff. But we did different stuff just to kind of keep that mobility going, strengthen that stuff that uh, that I kind of lost. Whenever you go in to have any surgery, you're going to lose some mobility. And so we did a, we did some stuff like that before every single workout. But then once the workout started up, uh, we kind of got rolling like usual. And uh, the good thing about Bobby is uh, he always has some new stuff for me. So he was he was doing things that he had learned over the year. Um, and, I, and I think they're, they worked out well, and I'm ready to go in training camp.
1: We've got time for two more. We'll go Brandon and then Matt. Go ahead, Brandon.
0: Hey Patrick, thanks for the time. You might have just answered it, but looking back at training camp last year, the restrictions you had
5: versus the time you guys have had up here in St. Joseph for training camp uh, leading into the season, what are the advantages
0: of getting away and doing training camp the way the Chiefs do?
5: I think the, the biggest thing, uh, kind of like I talked about, is the relationships that you build. Uh, it's really cool to be um, somewhere where you're fully embraced in football. Um, I mean, every single moment you're, you're either meeting, you're, you're working out uh, you're practicing, you're eating lunch with your teammates. Uh, it's just all, all football. Um, so it definitely, there's definitely an advantage to that, I think, and it gets you ready for the season of the ground that you're going to, you're going to have to go through of, of several months of, of being, being day-to-day football and, and making sure that you're prepared for that.
0: We'll ask to Matt
1: McMullen. Good, Matt.
5: Hey, Patrick, uh, you mentioned how OTAs, those kind of things are beneficial, meeting the new guys, particularly the rookies. How beneficial is these three practices coming up where you're just around them, getting to know them better? Uh, It's definitely beneficial. Um, Building those relationships with those guys. I think them getting accustomed to, because the training camp is different, accustomed to how we practice at training camp, getting those first few days before all the vets get in, and then them getting those reps. Uh, those, Those things are critical. We go kind of through the first few installs. Uh, with those rookies, and then they get to go right back through them uh, uh, whenever the vets get here. So they kind of get a little bit of a head start uh, to to try to prepare themselves for what we're going to do. And uh, I've kind of built relationships over with those guys over the OTAs, the minicamp, and I've actually got to throw with them a little bit during this, this break. So uh, they're guys that like to work hard, and so I'm excited to get them out here.
0: That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Pickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teopey for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Links to his stories and all Chiefs stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And of course, they are posted first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash Sports 2020. That's KansasCity.com slash 2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, you just send me an email, bkirkhoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.